Hello loves and welcome to the Introverts Toolbox, the podcast for introverts who feel like the world's kind of fucked up, where the biggest and craziest people get all the success, and we're left wondering like, oh my god, what the hell do we do? My name's Karen Hewitt and I am your host and we're going to go over systems, methods and skills you can use as an introvert to be authentically you and be successful. So subscribe and share this on your social media and don't forget to give us five stars and let's get started. Hello, 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 my loves. All right. So today we're doing something a little bit different. I have an expert, Sarah May. She's the owner and creator of Sarah May Consultant, and she's a go-to expert on organizing hectic days, weeks, months into manageable and functional chunks of work. Okay, and even nationally with others in similar positions. Her clients gain tools to help them close their laptop at the end of the day, knowing that they have achieved everything on their to-do list. You know, for me, being organized is one of the key ways to keep our introvertism in check, make sure that we get what we need to do, and even helps us get those uncomfortable things out of the way. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing well, Karen. Thanks for having me on. I always love chatting with you and talking all things introverts. <laughs> awesome. So you are the organization queen. I've known Sarah for oh my gosh, years now. And the four? one thing that's all four, yeah, it's been four. wow, it's been a long time. I think so, yeah. Oh my gosh. The one thing that's always blown me away is your email. <laughs> okay, in the comments, you know, if you're listening to a podcast or you're on social media, in your comments, right? I want you to be honest. Don't be scared. Drop how many emails are in your inbox right now. And if I was asked to Sarah the same question, she would probably tell me a number that everyone would be like, what, how? So what number are you currently at or what number will you be at by the end of the day? Yeah, so I'm currently at 100 because I have not checked email today. I don't check my email first thing in the morning and I have a scheduled block of time that I check my email. So right now, if I were to look, uh, yep, 102 right now, but by the end of the day, that'll be all gone because my next block of time, I will be able to process all of those emails. So you'll be a zero by the end of the day. Yes. Yep. That just blows me away that you're always at zero. It's like, oh yeah, zero. Yeah, I finished the day at zero emails. And I'm looking at my and going, well, I'm, I'm almost a thousand emails right now. So I look at all my inboxes. I know you're about to yell at me. <laughs> so let's start there because it's one of the best things. Emails are something that I know I hate as an introvert because it's like the chit chat. Yeah. How do you get down to zero? What is it that you do that makes that magical thing go away? Yeah, so it really comes down to two things. The first thing is I love this concept of Ohio. Somebody told me that acronym at one time, only handle it once, something like that. And so I really try to only do that one time a day. So when I handle my email, I look at it, I decide if I use a five minute rule if I can finish that in five minutes or less, I just do it right then. If it's going to take me five minutes or more, then I schedule that onto my calendar. So for example, Karen asked me for my bio for this podcast and my headshot. As soon as I saw the email, I said, I have a bio, I have a headshot. This will take me five minutes or less. And I sent it out. So the minute I saw that email, it was gone and filed away and completed. If it's going to take me more than five minutes, then I plug that on my calendar and I file that email in a folder called to do. 
And then when I have time on my calendar to work on that, that's when I'll dig out that email and say, all right, now Karen needs this really detailed spreadsheet. So I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes that I've allocated for Karen's spreadsheet. So typically what I do is I tell somebody, hey, I'm working on it. I'll get back to you on whatever day. And then that way, at the end of the day, I know all the things that have come in that are expected of me. And then when I'm actually going to do those things. Ever since I've known you, that has just always blown me away. And I wanted to get that right out there in front of everyone because it's a miracle. It's like, I don't know anyone else who has zero emails at the end of the day. Well, and I think one of the things that I, I work with a lot of clients that they'll sit in the doctor's office and they'll scroll through email when they absolutely cannot get a headshot, cannot get a bio, cannot get a spreadsheet to anyone. And then it clogs up their head. They're like, oh, I have to do that as soon as I get back to the house and then get back to the house and then they have five other things. And so all that stuff is in their head and like they're trying to remember it. I haven't even opened my email in the doctor's office because at that point I know that I can't do anything about it. So it's not going to clog up my head. I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressed on when I'm going to get Karen all her stuff or anything like that. And so I think it's really important to have that dedicated time where you actually can do something with that email rather than just clicking on it because you're bored at whatever appointment you're at or wherever you may be. And this is one thing I want to bring up because introverts, we tend to get overwhelmed with a lot of the communication stuff sometimes because it can put a lot of pressure on us to do everything right then and there. And you brought up this really important part about scheduling time to do things, setting it aside, not having to worry about it. What is your tip for setting up your schedule and how do you do that to make sure it's more seamless in your life? Yeah, I think it's so important. I am an introvert as well. A lot of people will be shocked by that, but I am an introvert. And I think one of the things I know about myself is that I do require a lot of recovery time and that's okay. That's not a problem, but I have to schedule that because if I go back to back to back meetings at the end of the day, you are not going to get my best self. So I put that in my calendar first. So every month, every week, and every day, I take a look at my calendar and I start my day and end my day looking at my calendar. I plug in me time. I know a lot of people don't take breaks, whether they're working a nine to five or for themselves. I plug in my lunches and my two 15 minute breaks. That's my it's an hour a day. I deserve to have an hour of day where I'm not doing anything. And I deserve to be able to eat lunch without doing anything else. So I put that in first. And so I schedule my day around that. And then the next thing I like to do is really schedule around the times that I know I work best. So if you were to give me a creative project at eight in the morning and told me I needed to get it done by 10, you're not going to get my most creative work. If you give me a project at 8 p.m., I will stay up till three in the morning being very creative and come up with all these awesome ideas. So I schedule creative things later in the day. I schedule things that are more repetitive earlier in the day. And that's really how I revolve my schedule. But it starts with blocking off the time I need. So I know that it takes me about an hour a day to process about a hundred emails. That's about how many emails I get a day. I know shocking. And it takes me about an hour. So wow. every day I have an hour on my calendar for email. Okay. So I'm going to make sure we highlight a point you said, 
because I don't think enough people do that. People do not schedule time for themselves. When I do my schedule, my calendar, you look at it, it has my time I sleep, mm-hmm. has my food times, it has gym times. I, I just got a gym member. haven't gone yet, but I have scheduled it. You know, but I have these things that have me time scheduled because as an introvert, we have to decompress. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we start screaming at everyone and that's not pretty. Yeah. It's that frazzled thing. Yeah. And I think the one thing is people are like, I want to be more free and I want to do what I want. When you actually schedule your time, you end up having more freedom because then your mind realizes that you're busy. You need to do these things. And so you'll actually say no to things that maybe you might say yes to if you didn't schedule that Karen needs a spreadsheet and that's going to take me 30 minutes to do. I need to do meal prep and that's going to take me an hour. So when those things are actually in your schedule, even your laundry, that task takes a long time. When you do it, you collect it, you fold it, you put it away. If you put those things on your calendar, you'll say no to things because you'll realize you actually don't the time. You're right. There's a lot of things we don't put on calendars. We don't Mm -hmm. normally put laundry on calendars. We don't normally put meal prep on calendars. We don't put go to the post office because we need to mail 10 packages on the calendar. We just assume that we're going to fit it in the day. Yep. And then that's when we get frazzled. See, that's genius right there. Now you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. And yet you do all these things. You have, how many organizations are you working with as nonprofits now? Just three. Just three. I was going to say, because I can think of three for sure. I yeah, thought maybe just four. Just three. <laughs> and you also have your full-time business. Mm-hmm. And what do you do for fun? Well, I have a dog, Parker, my boxer puppy, and we like to go on walks and hikes and all that stuff. And then, of course, hang out at happy hours with my friends and that type of thing. I was going to say, all fine water for Parker. I have seen the water videos. I will give a quick plug here. Check out Parker the Boxer Pop on TikTok. She goes nuts over water, anything water. It is insane what she does to things. Yeah. It's a toss up between water and balls. I don't know which one she likes better, but she likes them both. (laughs) Put balls in water. Yeah. She loves to get balls out of the water. (laughs) I was going to say, just do both (laughs) in water. She'll be good. But you schedule every single task, even the smallest, most mundane thing unless it takes you five minutes or less. Correct, yeah. And how do you fit all those little mini five-minute tasks in? Well, if it's a five-minute task, most likely it came through my email. So I have two ways. During that email time when I'm checking email, I am actually doing those five-minute tasks. So I start in my email box by who sent me the email the soonest. So I don't start by most recent. I start by oldest and then just work through them until I get through them. If I have other things that maybe aren't coming through email, like somebody on a call will ask me for something like an organization that I have regular routine tasks. I have blocks of time on my calendar that'll say like, for example, Karen and I are both Toastmasters. I have a Toastmasters block of time. And I just put in those notes of what I'm planning on working on in that calendar block. I get through as much as I can. And then whatever I don't get through, I copy those and put that on the next block of time. So how many of these blocks do you have? Typically in a day, I like to have three focused 
blocks of time for focus work. Okay. I'm really picking your brains here. What yeah. do you consider focus work? Because I'm, I'm sure our listeners, they want to know what is this focus work and how can we differentiate from just like a busybody work? Yeah. So I always like to say that five minute task will take you five months. And if you have something that you've ever put off for five months, you know what I'm talking about. And then when you actually did, it took you five minutes and you're like, oh, I've been worried about that for a long time. So focus work to me is I'm going to work on this thing. It could be a topic. Like if I group it into Toastmasters or I group it into one of my nonprofits, or it could be a singular task. And I estimate how long it's going to take me. I put it on my calendar for that long. This thing is not dinging and ringing. My computer's not dinging and ringing. If I need to use my computer, I open up a brand new Chrome window and work on that. I don't have social media open. I'm not bouncing from task to task. And many times I'll put something on my calendar for 30 minutes and when I sit down and do it, it takes me 15. So you gain 15 minutes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with those 15 extras? Uh, I either take an extra break. I love breaks. Uh, I'll jump on social media or do something like that. Or I'll do something else that is scheduled for later in the day or week. I'll bring that in if I think I can get that done in 15 minutes. Okay. So we've talked about you, you know, we'll talk about schedule. You help your clients get organized. You help them have more focused, fulfilling relationships with what they're doing, their work, time management, things like that. When you get someone who is introverted, come to you and say, Hey, Sarah, help me out. What's your first area that you like to like dial into? Yeah, I typically like to listen to them and see how their day is. I ask them to do a calendar activity. Show me your calendar. If they're in business, I love the calendar activity because I ask them to highlight some things in green whenever they made money on that task. And you'll be surprised how many tasks they have that are not green. So they're not making money, but they're doing lots of things. So I start there and just really listen to what their day currently is and then also where they want to be. Like, what is their ultimate goal? One of my favorite activities for anyone is I like to watch people work. I've actually done this in business and also for sole entrepreneurs and just general workers who work for a company as well. I open a Zoom even before Zoom was popular and I tell them to share their screen and just go about their day. And then I watch them for several hours, how they work how they multitask, what's going on. We do have the sound on so I can hear like when people are getting interrupted and you learn a lot when you watch people work. So I had a client, for example, she's like, I never can get anything done. And this was at the beginning of the pandemic. She had just started working from home. And at the end of four hours, I said, do you realize that your husband came into your office 15 times in four hours? And you spent like six plus minutes a time. And the last three times you were not very nice. <laughs> and she was like, well, I know he came in there a lot, but she didn't realize that every time he finished something, he would like come over to see her and like hang out. And her work is very different. I was like, now, you know how your husband is in the office too. He's probably the guy who interrupts everybody else. So his job was very different. She had to schedule time to give her husband the attention that he was seeking. And when they did that, she was more present. 
he was present and they actually had some really meaningful conversations. That's always one of my favorite activities. It's awkward for the first 15 minutes, but after that, they forget that I'm there. And then as an outsider, I can always pick up some really cool things. I like that. It's not just about work. You're helping people build their relationships too and find yeah. out those little things that make a difference. Yeah. I mean, the first couple conversations, she was all excited. And then like by the third time, she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like sitting like this and I could see him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's not listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> And he's probably getting frustrated because he's not getting heard. Oh, yeah. And then like by the later conversations, he's like, well, I told you that this morning we were going to go to the movies. She wasn't even listening to that at that point. (laughs) She was working on whatever she was working on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So something that the listeners can do is they could literally just keep track of what they do in a day and then review it to see where their moments disappear. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great way to get started on your own is to really track your calendar, color code your calendar, even if you don't do it in the moment, like I'll go back if I end up on a tangent and I'm working on something and I didn't have it in my calendar, it happens to me, I'll go back and put it on there after and just color code it something like whatever it is that I was working on. So you add stuff to your calendar after the fact. So your calendar is never perfect, but it's manageable. No, no, it's never perfect. And the other thing is many times things come up on my calendar and I'm like, I absolutely do not feel like doing that right now. So I move it. (laughs) And that's what happens. (laughs) So you have permission to move things on your calendar. There are moments when you just look at that and go, no, just, I do not have that in my capacity right now. I need my head in a book. I need a nap. I need a snack. Not this. Yeah. And I think that's really where the flexibility and freedom comes from is that you have control of your calendar. I always like to share the vacation example. People are really good now that we're taking vacations again. People are really good at booking the hotel, the flight, maybe some excursions, a couple of things. And then that's where they stop and they do that like six months sometimes a year, even more in advance, and then they stop. And then as the day comes closer, they need a nail appointment, a hair appointment. They need to get their kids haircut. They maybe need to go shopping for clothes. They maybe need to do all these things. Their kids are going to have homework that they need to catch up on. And they didn't plan that time. And then right before vacation, they're frazzled because they're running around trying to get all those things done. And then they come back and they're still working and then they go on vacation they come back and they forget to block off time to catch up after. So they walk in the office or come back to work and then day two after vacation, they need a vacation again. I've never heard of that before. I've never, well, I've heard of that, but I've never heard of planning it that way. Cause it's always like we book the hotel, we book the flight, we book the time. We tell work, we don't want to go in. We tell our family, but it's like, Half the time, it's like two days before you're like, hang on, I need to tell the post office to hold my mail for two weeks. Yeah, or I need to do the laundry or I need to do this or your kid needs this or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's literally schedule every single thing. Yeah. And block your time. You know, I always used to joke, if you wanted me to do anything, ask me in July because that's the time that I'm the least busy. Most of the things that I do for the year wrap up then. And so I would make myself purposely busy in July. 
I would put all these projects on my calendar in July because I would say yes to things in July that took place in March, which is my busiest time. And then March, I was hating life because I was bored in July. I said, yes. So now July is my project month. And if I do them, great. If I don't, that's great too. So how far ahead do you schedule your calendar? Uh, Well, that's a great question. Whenever I take something on, I will go and plug in the time to work on that. So if you were to ask me right now, I want you to plan an event in October. I'm going to say, well, how much time do you think this is going to take? And you're going to tell me, oh, about two hours a week. And then I'm going to add about four more hours a week because usually that's not the case. And then I'll go put that into my calendar as like chunks of time to work on that thing. I'm really getting this schedule, 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 schedule. (laughs) I'm actually scared to even see your schedule. (laughs) I actually did a live in my Facebook group where I showed my calendar. I'll dig that out for you. Yes. Um, And I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go and join Sarah's group. Because if you need organization help, this is exactly where you need to be. This is the things you need to be learning, the things you need to be doing. Now, before you ask your next question, I will say people were shocked at the amount of free time I had, because I think people think that I'm always busy when in reality, I'm really not because I've scheduled everything so well. So yeah, that was a shocker for a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting to see like this rainbow of colors across your You probably with no breaks actually in between things, but that's because you're actually scheduling your breaks. So your breaks are mm-hmm. on there. And because everyone's so used to not scheduling breaks, they see it yep. as like, oh yeah. no, that's calendar's incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. But they're not seeing that, okay, well, that's lunchtime. Well, that's break time. That's walk parker time. That's yep. enjoy this time. Yeah. I think that's probably where the disconnect is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we're looking for the white spots for the breaks. Yeah. Or nothing planned. Um, most often the weekends, I don't have anything on. Wow. I don't, I don't like to work on the weekend <laughs> unless I have to. <laughs> who does? I mean, seriously, who likes to work on the weekends? It's like, we all need a break. Yeah. I would rather have a crazy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and have nothing on the weekend than have stuff sprinkled throughout. There's this meme that says, oh, I have a 15 minute appointment at three o'clock. The whole day is ruined. And that's kind of (laughs) true. So what time do you get up? I am a night owl. So I usually get up around 830. I even when I worked in an office, I didn't get in until about 930, 10. So if you're an owl, what time do you go to bed? Uh, About midnight one. It depends on the night. Oh, so that's not too bad. No, I get like almost eight hours of sleep most nights, sometimes and you, more. And you even get everything accomplished. Yep. Mm-hmm. We all need lessons from Sarah. Oh, stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't go to sleep till two, three o'clock in the morning and I'm back up at seven and I still don't get it all done. Yeah, I think that really comes down to two things. It's the scheduling, but it's also really saying no to things you really don't have time for. And when you do schedule everything, you realize it's very clear when you look at your calendar, what you truly have time for and what you don't. 
it's also having five kids that don't care what my schedule is and decide a particular time, like during recording a podcast to melt down. Yeah. Well, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been on the receiving end of many of my kids meltdowns <laughs> over the phone or zoom or meetings. Yeah. I think that's understandable these days though. Now, you know? Yeah. So obviously you've got a balanced life. You're an introvert. You still speak in public. You still do all these activities. I've seen you do so many Facebook lives. You are very active on things like TikTok. You're very active on video platforms. You're very active with your nonprofit. And a lot of introverts would look at that and go, I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. That's overwhelming. That's too much outward activity. Mm -hmm. But you take the time to schedule your recharge. Yes, yes. When did you realize that that was the way you needed to go, that you needed those recharges, that that introverted side was really showing through? I think, well, a long time ago when I burned out and I was always on, you know, I learned in the positions that I've held professionally and also in my business that I needed to be out there and I could do it, but I needed much more recovery time. I was speaking all across college campuses and it would wipe me out. And it was because I would land and then they'd take me to happy hour and then I'd speak and then there'd be a thing after. And then the next day I'd come back and I'd have like five or six things where I had to be very public facing and that just didn't work for me. And I thought originally, well, I'm an introvert. This isn't for me, but I actually enjoyed the speaking. So I had to really think about my calendar and how to make that work. And I've been fortunate to have some really great assistants in my life. And one of them was Judy. And I would always tell Judy, I don't want any difficult conversations in the morning. Never. I never want, because they're not going to get my best self and I'm not going to enjoy that. It's going to ruin the rest of my day. And so she just was really good at managing that for me. And then when I went on my own and I didn't have Judy, I was like, how do I do this? Even though I don't have somebody managing my calendar. And that was really by blocking times off and putting them in categories. Now, if my boss were to call me and say, I absolutely need to meet with you at 10, I'm going to meet with him at 10, but that's not my ideal time for a meeting that could be challenging or requires a lot of thought. So not only do you schedule by activity, but you schedule by the stress level or the impact level rather of the activity as well. Yep. How did you find out what times of day that those were best for you? Like difficult conversations, no, no in the morning, but probably better in the late afternoon, right? Yeah. And I think one other thing I'll add about the introvert thing too, is that I used to come into work when we were going to the office and I'd go right to my office to get to work. And people would say stuff like, well, she's not very friendly. And so then I just decided, well, I'm going to take the long way. I'm going to say hi to everybody as I walk in. And I just put that on my calendar so that my expectation was not, I'm going to get to work at 10 and start working. So how I came to the realization that certain meetings couldn't be at certain times, that really comes down to reflection. At the end of the day, I sit down and say, how did I show up as my best self? How did the day go? 
why did I show up as my best self in that meeting? And it could be because that was right after lunch, or I just ate, or I had a great client call right before, or I finished something off my task list. And so it's really just becoming self-aware. And that's what I did every day until I was able to really identify patterns. If you were to look at me in a work week, people would tell you, and outwardly people would notice People would tell you Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, she's really focused on getting stuff done. Thursday and Friday, she's super fun and social because I had figured out that I can't sustain that massive momentum for five days. Like I can't work on a really complicated project every day. I have to front load that. So my team would see that. Now, does that mean that happened every week? No, there were some weeks that I obviously had to do a lot more thoughtful work on Friday, but in general, they would say, oh, she's super fun on Thursday, Friday. She's pretty much got everything done and she's just hanging out. It sounds like we all need a mini Sarah in our lives to help us craft out (laughs) our week. So we can have that reflection time. We can have that downtime. And what I've gained from this is that we need to schedule both the activities and the laundry list of things that we have to do anyway. Even if it's like for 30 minutes a day, housework is on there and that's your dishes, that's your vacuuming or whatever, just so you have it on your schedule and it doesn't get behind. Now, should any of the listeners want to reach out to you or get a hold of you, how are they going to find you? Great question. So I like to keep things super simple. So my website, saramayer.com, S-A-R-A-M-A-Y-E-R.com. It has been an absolute honor talking to you. I mean, literally calendar emails these are all things as introverts we kind of dread yeah and getting them in control and getting so we can be in charge of them helps us be more relaxed helps us be more organized helps us be our best self coming forward so those are a couple of great tools that you're given in the comments whether it be on the podcast or any of the social medias where you're listening to us drop something that you've taken away because we would love Mm -hmm. to know what tool you're taking away from this conversation with Sarah that you can implement in your life, in your business to help you grow and make sure you check Sarah out on her website and her social (laughs) medias. Sarah, it has been an absolute pleasure yet again. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Karen, for having me. It's always lovely chatting with you and just learning all about you, but you asked some great questions. So thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, absolute pleasure. So Thank you, my loves. Tara for now, and we'll get some more tools in your toolbox on the next episode. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Introverts Toolbox. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And you know what? I want to know, what is one thing you learned today? 